everybody, and welcome back to the Far Out Podcast. Todd Perry here. To the right of me is the ingrained in a lot of drama. Things only seem to be building against Buck Perez. Mm. Buck Perez. Hey, how we doing? And to the left of me, once again, stand-up comedian, improvisational master, and a dude with an awesome headband. Yeah. Embroiled in controversy himself. Maybe not, just by affiliation with me. Oh, yeah, no, I've taken a lot of heat for just knowing this guy. (laughs) Sorry. It's rough. We're all standing up for Buck in light of the fact that the... Hashtag stand up for Buck. Hashtag stand up for Buck. Hashtag doing the Buck. (laughs) It's not going to help your case, man. It's not, I know. It's not helping your case You know, any any publicity, that's what I've learned (laughs) in this this society. Any publicity, good publicity. Good publicity. You got to continue whispering. Here we go. (laughs) So I would, I you know, I once again, even though the sex tape has come out with people mm. alleging that Buck Perez was committing some unspeakable acts mm. and do in, in, involved in sex that most people would find morally reprehensible, things that people had never seen before. Buck brought sexy back in a very odd, bizarre, and petrifying way, just like JT. <laughs> yeah, but it seems to me that the controversy is building to the point. To where uh, radio host slash hip-hop DJ Mike Patton from Hot 105.7 in Bakersfield recently did a show where he revealed through a caller the woman in the Buck Perez sex tape. What? Wow. So let's hear it. Broadcasting from a bunker off State Route 99 just outside of Bakersfield, it's the Mike Patton Show. Fighting for your freedoms and spinning the best hip-hop from today and back in the day. And now, your host, Mike Patton. The Mike Patton Show. You are listening to the Mike Patton Show on Hot 105.7 in Bakersfield. Number one in hip-hop and conservative talk. Right now, Patton's army is out at Los Pollos Hermanos Chicken on Bakersfield Boulevard, passing out bumper stickers and the new Kanye and Jay-Z album, Watch the Throne. They're also taking your voter registration, so you can cast your vote in this year's California Republican primary. Beaver! Beaver, you son of a bitch! Is she on the line? Roger that, good buddy. She's on line one. Excellent. Now I have a Mike Patton Show exclusive interview. For the first time, I'm going to reveal the identity of the woman on the Buck Perez sex tape. You've seen her doing some of the most depraved acts ever depicted on video. Anita Perez, welcome to the show. Hello, Mike. Long-time listener. Thank you, Anita. Now, first of all, the big question everyone wants to know. Are you on birth control? Um, I don't know why you care, but if you saw the sex tape, you know you can't get pregnant that way. So, no woman has ever gotten pregnant doing the buck? No, no woman has gotten pregnant. But a few have lost their lives. Anita, not only are the acts on this video seriously sexually depraved, but I think they require at least seven years of gymnastics training. Honestly, I haven't seen anything like that since I watched Ilsa, She Will for the SS. I want to learn all about how you got these skills. But first, we gotta do this. It's that hot new joint by Tyga. This is Rack City on Hot 105.7 in Bakersfield. Rack City, bitch. Rack, Rack City, bitch. 10, 10, 10, 20s on your titties, bitch. 100 deep, VIP. 
no guest list. T T Raw, you don't know who you fucking with. Got my other bitch fucking with my other bitch. Fucking all night, nigga. We ain't celibate. So, Buck, was this woman, Anita Perez, was this the woman that you met in line for the grilled cheese truck when this tape was made? Sounds like it. I can't. There's no visual to this, but and people can be impersonated all the time. You know? Now, do you remember what her voice actually sounds like? Because it seems to me like I haven't watched the tape because I'm not going to watch the tape of you making love, but it seems to me like you were inebriated uh, during the film. It's hard for me. This is kind of like, you know, usual suspects. I'd need her to say something like, oh my God, oh my God, you know, something like that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like. You know, right? Some, some I need her to say something in the moment. Something, something so that you it's heard. recognizable, something right? Like, her, oh, her, no, yeah, her basic know. voice pattern is yeah. not helping me. So, what was something that if if she said a certain term, would you know it was her uh, doing the buck? Uh, <laughs> she said that as you were doing, doing the buck. The buck yeah. She goes doing the buck. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that happened about doing the buck. Like she's so stoked about it. She can't stop saying it. She's like, that's what doing. happened. Can't that's believe I'm doing Buck Perez over here. That's right. So right now she's pro- she's she's stuck in a corner somewhere in her in her house, just mumbling to herself. I'm doing the buck, doing the book. Like she's been traumatized mm. by the act oh, depicted in the video. I yeah. wouldn't say that, but yes. Now, do you have do you have any final statements on this? Because hopefully, I mean, again, hopefully it all blows over after this. Again, this is probably hopefully the last time we'll talk about because it, it is dragging on. Just um, go to LarryHParker.com. He is my attorney, and you know the story. All right. <laughs> well, moving on. You know the story. Hopefully that we get some some emails here from the listeners showing their support for Buck Perez. Once again, it's hashtag. Was stand up for buck. Stand up for buck. Mm-hmm. Also a hashtag doing the buck. Doing the buck. Hashtag doing the buck. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. uh, that's yeah. the one you don't want to go. To. Yeah. <laughs> That'll show the video. It's time for our listener mailbag. Your thoughts, your ideas, your criticism. Send them to show at caroutpodcast.com. Now, let's open your mail. Hello, cigar store Indians. Uh, Buck and, who, and whoever else is in the garage at the time, and Todd. I have a very important question to ask a Californian. I personally listen to many podcasts, and many of these shows are based out of California. Yeah, yeah. I'd say we are the podcasting capital of the world. Yeah. Say that. Uh, of these podcasts, I am always hearing how terrible Texas is, and it confuses me. I live in West Texas and have traveled to many states outside of my own, and I personally like Texas the best. Now, can't y'all... Can't y'all please explain why Californians think that Texas is so horrible? Thanks, your friendly neighbor, your friendly neighborhood uh, show pig farmer. Yeah, he 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 uh, was on the far out farm uh, phone the other day. I guess the guy with the real big time uh, Texas ass, a- accent that oh, yeah. was was talking about uh, his pig. Gotcha. This is and uh, AKA at the Devin Blanton. P.S. I would also like to hear Todd's take on the philosophy behind the Matrix trilogy. Oh, hmm. Throw that in there. That's cool. All right. Well, let's let's start with the beginning. So, uh, I, okay. So I guess there's a lot of a lot of people with some kind of prejudice against Texas. And yeah, there definitely is a lot of prejudice against Texas. And I, I have a theory behind this. I want to see if you guys agree. Sure. Yeah, you guys can tell me yours. But uh, my theory is that a lot of people in California that are doing podcasts, and uh, lots of times, to be honest, the white man is making a lot of podcasting. Yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of lot of nerdy white dudes who are twenty seven year olds sitting in garages from Hollywood to Lakewood. Yep, we are the Up biggest p- podcast in the other wood, Lakewood. Yep. yep. 
You know, not not Inglewood, not Hollywood, Lakewood, not Linwood, but Lakewood. Yep. Number yes. one podcast out of Lakewood. Um, there, there's a lot of people making podcasts, and I think I think the thing is that Texas gets the um, stereotype that Texas is full of rednecks. Yeah. Now, people from California don't experience rednecks, especially people in the L.A. area, which is most of the podcasts probably you're listening to come from, because because of if you were a, if rednecks are, are white folk, right? Uh-huh. They're kind of low end white folk. Uh-huh. Now, if the I don't lo- think I think rednecks. I'm sorry, but I think hick. Yes, hick is is another term that comes to mind. And I'm sorry, I know I'm just throwing it out there, but yeah, that's what comes to mind <laughs> when I think of people from there. And I do have family in Texas. So I'm sorry. Yeah, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like you know, I just. Uh, I think uh, hick, scorpions, and uh, heat, like very hot, you know? Scorpions. Scorpions, yeah. Right. Scorpions out there. You, okay. And they're bigger in Texas, because oh. everything is. Yeah, everything's bigger in Texas. I exactly. heard that, yeah. Yeah, Tejas. I, I think the thing is, because like if, if you're poor in LA and you're white, you get the fuck out of town. Because right. like if, if you're poor and you're Hispanic or you're black, there's like poor black and Hispanic neighborhoods in L.A. Uh-huh. where people can live and they don't feel threatened because yeah. they're, they're, it's a weird racial thing. We're like, if a white guy's really poor, he's not going to move to the hood. Yeah. He's going to get the fuck out to the sticks. Yeah. And so what happens is the, the white population around L.A. that sticks around, if they make money or whatever, uh-huh. you know, they, 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 they end up not living in the impoverished neighborhoods. Right. And the impoverished... If you're impoverished in a racial minority, there's racial enclaves where people live. For poor Whitey, he's got nowhere to live in L.A. Yeah, <laughs> he 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 moves out to Fontana yep. or whatever, and the, and, and the people go out to the sticks. So if you don't see rednecks and hicks around L.A., it's true. You might see you'll see affluent black people, but if you're a poor black person, you'll live in the hood. Yeah. But okay. there's no hood for white people, okay, so yeah. therefore the white people in the L.A. area have a weird prejudice against hicks and rednecks because they don't see them. Right, yeah. And they become the stereotype, a negative stereotype, <laughs> which I'm sure there's plenty of wonderful rednecks and hicks, but people see Texas as lots of that, They I guess. clump everyone in Texas together as this big, you know, I... Just hicks, yeah. Just yeah, monolithic them. hicks. Yeah. <laughs> but I, but that's not true. I've been to Texas before. I've been to Houston. We have uh, fr- close friends of the family in Houston. Actually, I, I dug Texas. So I don't have... I don't think we've ever said anything negative about mm. Texas on this show. But that could be why yeah. uh, people on other podcasts that, A, aren't as good as the Far Out podcast... Yeah, oh, uh, definitely not. ...have a problem with Texas. But I, I, I'm, I, I'm cool with Texas. I think a lot of people out here have the... Uh, ment- like South Park mentality of they took our jibs. Yeah. Because a lot of jobs and people and factories, companies have moved out of here because of all the taxes, regulations, uh-huh. stuff like that to Texas. places like Texas, um, you know, especially with a lot of the filming industry. It's all, you know, done in Vancouver, New Orleans like now, Canada. Like play- oh, yeah. New in Orleans. Long Beach. Is- yeah. The funny thing is it's out of, there's tons of shit still filmed, not in LA, but Long Beach. Really? Like all like a- yeah, Pedro. Yeah, a lot. Long, Long Beach. Like Dexter is supposed to be Miami, but it's in Long Beach. Oh, yep. yep. Like there's tons of shows that actually, like um, Dexter's house on the show Dexter is actually like three block, like oh, no three way. big lights away from here Makes is Dexter's sense. house. I feel like I'm in kind of a Dexter-y neighborhood right now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I'm going to give my personal take on Texas. Please and why do. People it, you're might. from South Dakota, by yeah, the way. Yeah, I'm from South Dakota. So, I'm, yeah, that's probably similar. What I think about Texas is, is uh, they're so damn proud all the time. Yes. And I think it gets on everyone's nerves. Proud of being Texans. Yeah, just, it's just you know, they just love Texas so much. Mm-hmm. And then they use the argument like, well, if you, if you were from Texas, you'd love it too. And it's like, yeah, no, I love South Dakota. I absolutely love it. 
I don't want to talk about it all day. Right. You know what I mean, like one of my best friends is from Texas, and he always says like, like uh, an example was once we were driving in his car, and I don't remember what happened, but someone did something kind on the or no, someone pulled a dick move on the street, like someone cut him off or something stupid. He's like, yeah, someone in Texas would never do that, and I was like, <laughs> what? I was like, Man, yeah, you are, you're really generalizing all of Texas, and also. There's nice people everywhere. Right. You know what I mean? Like he had this whole mentality of just like, uh, Texas, that's where, every, where everyone's nice to each other. And out here, people are just dicks. And like, I don't know. And it's just that combined with that whole pride thing. Then I'm just like, come on. I've never been there. I'm sure it's lovely, but. Yeah, I've been, I've been in Houston. Uh, it's armpit of sweatiness, by the way. But yeah. <laughs> but no, I actually, I, I, lots of nice trees there. But uh, yeah. hey, you know what? Uh, we, we don't have a problem with Texas. I, I feel like, you know, 30% of any group of people, whether it's geographically or racial or, or whatever, is uh, 30% of everybody's an asshole. Yeah. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. Definitely. I think to prove this, Todd, we need to go to this guy's ranch and stay there. Yeah, I'd, man, I'd love to hang out on oh, a pig don't. farm. We got to go to a pig farm. Right, here's the deal. Uh, Devin Blanton, who wrote this email, fly us out and we you pay for the flight <laughs> and, and we will come to you're your hit, ranch you're and hang him out. Up like I want to come. I want to do that. That sounds great. Sorry. Casey, he will pay for your shit, we too. We never had pigs. We had sheep and cattle, so I'd love to be on a pig farm. Much That's more attractive right. animals. Not as intelligent, pigs? but much more yeah, sexually attractive the sheep. And, um, sir, yeah, I do eat kosher true. only. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> like, I'm a kosher oh, person. So, you're not getting that please way. work my diet into the uh, month that we will be there. Thank you. Thank you. And so that I don't know that's that's our opinion on Texas, but it's it's just it's just stereotypes, and it's probably pretty much go to comedy tropes like Texas. They're all rednecks there, blah yeah. blah blah. And it's it, what it, what it means is it's uncreative comedy, is which yeah. we really have a problem with. Is yeah. that? But uh, God bless. Don't mess with Texas. And uh, what else we got here? Uh, P.S. I would like to hear Todd's take on the philosophy behind the Matrix trilogy. That's a really interesting question. It's deep. And I, I will yes. say this. I've only seen the first Matrix movie. Me too. <laughs> Casey, Buck, have you seen all the Matrix? I've seen like two and a half. Dude, I saw one and a half. I fell yeah. asleep during the second one right. twice. Yeah. And once it happens twice, I was just like, you know what? I can't do this. It's not worth my time. You're good. And you would think... By I the, love the first one. By the, love it. By the third one, you'd be like, okay, I want to see how this is resolved. Because uh-huh. this is the last one. You haven't seen it, right? No. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no one I cares. Should, I might go home much. and watch those right now. Mm. Like just leave the podcast. Get up and go watch the Matrix. Go watch. Get to go. Later. Sorry, guys. Go hit that Netflix. Uh, yeah. I saw the first one, and I did have a uh, emotional experience when uh, Neo gets to that scene where he's in the hallway, and then suddenly he sees the like the zeros and ones, binary, like all the yeah, binary all around him, yeah. and he realizes that the world is just like this constructed illusion that's made out of these basic chemicals. Yeah. Or and and I I had a similar experience. Um, when I was at a rave <laughs> on acid, yes. uh, I'm not going to say what happened. I was probably stone cold sober at the I rave. I'm sure. Rave. I'm sure. I'm sorry. But I did. You know, I have had you know the realization that you know in, in the life the universe is made out of basic building blocks, and there is a certain yeah. constructed reality uh, in Vedic uh, literature. They refer to it as Maya, which is the overwhelming illusion of reality. Uh-huh. And when I saw that scene, I did have a really emotional reaction. I was like, I totally get it. Like yeah. I totally get the fact that all this is a a bizarre constructed reality and this illusion we're all, all under because we have to create an illusion in order for humanity to relate to each other. We have to have a certain uh-huh. um, yeah. basic assumptions we all make in order to make reality <clears throat> make sense. And you went, whoa. 
<laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Big time. And I felt like the Wachowski brothers, um, not Sister. Jerry, not Jerry Wachowski, but the Wachowski brothers really nailed it in that scene and that that idea. So I was into that. It moved me. But then when I saw the subsequent Matrix films had come out, like I have a problem with the overdone like CGI films and you know everybody going slow motion, the bullet flying by. And, like I, I was done with it at that point because it gets just cartoony. I had a problem with Jada Pinkett. Oh yeah. Oh wow. No, that was my problem. Yeah, I had a problem good. with that. Not no, good. I don't know. Either. Just ill-casted. Oh. I felt. You know wow. what's, what's funny about the the you mentioned the slow motion bullets flying by and stuff. By the time the second one came out, the first one had probably been parodied so many times right. that it was just like, come on. When actually, if it hadn't been parodied that much, it probably would have been so bad. But it's parodied in everything. It's parodied in Shrek. You know, <laughs> it's parodied so much. I think I saw at the MTV Movie Awards or some before they walked in. They do the 360, you know, picture of the person. So they, right? Yeah, the Matrix style per- picture yeah. of the person. It's yeah, kind of weird like that. Yeah. Bad. It's very played out. So no, 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 no points on my basically my, my Vedic conception of reality. No, about I thought the that Maya was an illusion mm, that we all live under. No, not really cool. Am I going uh, out on a limb on that? No, I. You well, sound like you're like two steps away from being like a homeless guy in the street just mm. ranting. Oh, okay. He's like, well, it's an illusion. <laughs> you know, uh, it's nothing's real. <laughs> Casey, I have a question for you. Okay, got your V for vendetta. What do they call a one-eyed man in the world of the blind? A, a, a seer? Oh no! What? A hallucinatory lunatic. <laughs> All right. So that that's I mean that, that's, that's that's my you, thought man. about the Matrix. You know, that's you and uh, you know people can get into that. Uh, so oh, all right, no more listener mail. Those are our listener mails uh, for now. And so now, I'd like to welcome everybody to a uh, bit we did. Uh, not not a bit. It was reality, but uh, a thing we did on the show recently called Ho- Happy Hour with Drunk C. Oh, yes. Now, Drunk C, we're not going to have any audio from him for a while because he's going off to uh, Georgia for a while, and I can't get into why. And but but it's it's totally cool. He got he got a job, so he's going to training in Georgia. So he's going to be go- gone for a while. But I do have some audio from the other night, me and Drunk C hanging out, where Drunk C and I talked a little bit about guns because uh, Drunk C, uh, you know, he's he, he's shooting guns these days. So we, we were talking about guns a little bit. So here's some audio. From us at a bar in Torrance discussing guns. And now it's time for Happy Hour with Todd Perry and philosopher, rapper, and all around inebriated gentleman, Drunksy. Well, we did feel like the first time you shot a gun. Huh? Well, it feel like the first time you shot a gun. Very good. Yeah, um, you guys are more or less mental. Uh, I think, oh my god. What's your best talent when it comes to shooting a weapon? My best talent is shooting a weapon. Not really, um, see, see that chef's site. What's your favorite beer here? And now, let's do some news. You ain't come one, but many time tainted. Dwarf bullfighting obsession sends a red flag to little people. Oh, hmm. a little known sport of the little known sport of dwarf bullfighting has raised a red flag for America's little people. The sport, which has dwarf toreadors, 
uh, battling baby calves is a popular attraction in Mexico and other countries where bullfighting is popular. Wow. There are as many as 20 different troops, according to NBC Sports, but, so, uh, but some little people, such as Clinton Brown III, fear dwarf bullfighting is blurring the line between entertainment and exploitation. Can't see that, but... Yeah. Mm. <laughs> mm. So, uh, yeah, that's basically the whole thing. Is, uh, they're, there's dwarves, and they are bullfighting mm. baby calves, and that just sounds absolutely adorable That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's cute. Yeah, mm. it's cute. No. No? No. Todd has a problem? You're not with? No. Let's I, hear you it. know, we were talking earlier on a show about uh when we, we did a whole show about like uh, Greek um like things in the ancient world which yeah. were, like were like uh, castrating young boys to be fed as sexual slaves to rich people. And we talked about a lot of things that we thought what and I don't know if we did this off air. I think off air we had this discussion of what things happening in these days will people a thousand years later, look at it and go, oh my God, I can't imagine that society actually did that. Yeah. And I think actually having dwarves fight uh, baby bulls and get gored. Oh, no, they didn't say anything about getting gored. No gored in there. They're baby calves, man. Yes. They're not hurting anybody. You've been about a baby calf. Speak, ah. Speaking of gore. <laughs> No, but I, I'm saying like I think that's a I think that's a really bad exploitative thing. It's like the the dwarves are the last like horribly exploited people in the modern world. They really are. <laughs> it's like what what was the line in Life's Too Short, the new Ricky Gervais show, where Warwick Davis, the the little person, goes, you know, uh, the difference between the Black Civil Rights Movement and the Dwarf Civil Rights Movement is black people were never shot out of cannons. Oh. <laughs> right. If you think about it, like they're 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 dwarves Man. all the time. They get like body slammed, and, and dwarves have to deal with like uh, mud wrestling, and they get like thrown down bowling alleys. Like it they is. have to impersonate leprechauns. Yes, St. Patterson's coming up. You know, you're going to see a little guy in a leprechaun it is, outfit. It is an interesting thing to, to to be a dwarf would just be such a weird, sad thing. Let, no was, one, no one takes you serious. No, man. And I, I grew up, and I have sympathy for the little people movement because I grew up, I've I said it many times, my neighbor growing up was Wee Man from Jackass. Yeah, yeah. Was literally the kid who lived across the street was Wee Man. That's so cool. And so I saw the trials and tribulations he dealt with. Yeah. I saw the Vespa he rode every day. Not a motorcycle. No. But a Vespa. Too tiny. Can't nice. do it. So I, I, you know, I stand out against this kind of thing, although I do believe that if I was in Mexico... Like drunk <laughs> as fuck. All right. And sing Full ba- disclosure, if I was drunk as fuck. Yeah. I understand the entertainment value. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Now, for a while, my sister did have a uh, like fear of little people. I thought you were going to say What's dwarf that, boyfriend. I no, thought that's where she had a going. fear of little people. I, I think the opposite. Like, I feel that I, I'm less afraid of dwarves because hmm. um, they're smaller. You feel like you can. Any any type of dwarf, you can take a dwarf. Yeah, well, yeah. Like, I mean, why fight. why be afraid? Because it's like being afraid of a a, a child on a certain level. Not be not no. I'm because saying, I'm saying that, Why is your sister afraid? Of I'm saying that there's probably some dwarfs that are probably stronger than you, my friend. Oh no, they have dwarf strength. You just, Dude, they, you, you just compare dwarfs to ch- children, <laughs> and you're the one who's like standing up for them. Yeah, but you just you're on their them. side, right? Like it'd be like fighting a child. No. I'm, no, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm speaking out against the prejudice that your sister holds for dwarves. Oh, she's not a she's prejudice. afraid of them. She can't so. help it. She just happens to be. She's seen too many movies where they play scary leprechauns. And, and that, that being said, I think she's good now. I haven't. Good. She's been cured. Exactly. Well, maybe you need to take her to a circus. 
and see how she reacts. When <laughs> see, she's, that she's, sounds even worse, dude. Man, I just watched Willow like a week ago, so oh, yeah. this is all very relevant. It's all good. To me, yeah. It's all good. Far out news. Why can't you share your bit? How do blind people dream? Oh, interesting. Okay, first of all, before we get into that, wow. uh, I got a on Twitter the other day. Somebody hit me up and said that he was blind and he listens to the show. Oh, cool. So, like, he said, oh, hey, this is, like, I, I forget his name, but he was, uh, uh, um, he, he hit me up saying he listened to the show, and then I looked at his Twitter profile, because I want to know who's, like, what type of people are attracted to our show, and his thing was, like, um, his first thing in his Twitter, you know, bio was, I'm blind. Oh. And I was, like, oh, cool, like, I think uh, a podcast or radio or whatever for blind people is, like, the the greatest thing because it's yeah. like you can't see stuff so it's the theater of the mind that i'm sure right? a blind person appreciates the show on levels like no the blind, doubt yeah. the blind person can hear the spit on your back teeth when he's yeah. listening to the show oh, that's yeah that's cool the blind people can even hear when buck perez talks when he whispers uh-huh my fans yeah <laughs> the biggest podcast in the world of blind so like um when i used to work in radio there would be actually blind people were the biggest fans of uh talk radio because oh. that to them was the most uh you know coolest thing but a- anyway cool um to our our blind listener out there and all of our blind listeners um and to our deaf listeners uh i'd like, oh. to, like to say uh, uh no uh, that was worse than the black thing i said earlier yeah uh, well i don't know mm. that black thing was pretty bad i'm staying out of all this bad in a, <laughs> bad in a good way Oh, I got right. too much swirling so I read the, around. Should I read the article here? To the sexual deviants that listen to the show for Buck Press. Oh, Thank uh, you. Can I have a beer real quick, Casey, yes, before you start that uh, news story? Yeah. Please, priorities first. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, while pa- Casey's uh, grabbing the beer, I just want to say real quick, I'd like to thank... One for Ka- me, too. I'd like to thank Casey for using the toilet today. Uh, Casey, I usually urinate outside in the yard. Right. I had that thought. Uh, it is daylight, though, this time. Yeah, I've like, never yeah, been here during the day. Yeah, just, no, no. You know, it's just... Usually it's really late. I don't want to go in there, open doors, wake your wife up, blah blah blah. So <laughs> my wife isn't in the bathroom. To be fair, I know, but uh, your <laughs> bedroom's probably next to the bathroom or whatever. My wife. My well, wife. Has I a- urinate very loud, uh, oh, very yeah? loudly. Yeah. Oh yeah, I have a good f- stream, like a racehorse. Yep. All right, what else we got mm. in the news there? Our, uh, so this article here, it says, Tommy Edison, who is blind, hosts the popular YouTube series, The Tommy Edison Experience, where he answers viewer questions. In one of his latest videos, he posts, uh, he posts his answer to the fascinating question, how do blind people dream? Hmm. Uh, Edison explains that he's been blind since birth, so no, he doesn't see in his dreams. Uh, quote, I think uh, because I've never seen in real life, my subconscious doesn't know what I'd li- uh, like right. to see. Yeah, just, uh, blah, blah, blah. Slow it down a little bit. Okay. So he's never seen in real life. Yeah, he's never seen. And so his subconscious can't dream visual things. Right. So he's mostly smell, sound, taste, and touch. Well, that's mm. interesting because like in my dreams, I, I, can't, I never taste anything. Me neither. Yeah. I don't think. I always just, folk, I always just remember what I f- saw. You know what I mean? Right. All right. But that's probably... It, it's. Know, I'm sure we do taste, but we just don't notice it when we wake up. You have a sight bias. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, like, I can... Like, taste would be much better because there's lots of times in dreams where, like, I, I'm sitting in front of a, a great meal or something or, like... Yeah. Oh, but it, conversely, there's some times when, like, you, you end up eating things that are not tasty, you uh-huh. know? Uh-huh. And being forced to do that. Buck, you ever taste in your dreams at all or anything? No, I just uh, fall. 
Yeah, <laughs> the yeah, whole time. Fall, exactly. It's just me falling. Just for eight hours a night. No, just, you know, and look at those around. are fun dreams. Though. I like falling. And then right before, I'm, but I see the bottom. Yeah, I know I'm gonna wake up. You know, because you don't hit the bottom. You get that far, you see the whole bottom. Oh yeah. Really? Well, it's eight hours of. You know. Wow. Hopefully eight hours. Sometimes four. It's like an alarm clock. It's yeah. like, Oh, there comes the bottom. That's hey. that's my dream. I mean, that's kind of the malaise of getting older. Like your dreams are less scary because you're like, fuck it. I've dreamed thousands and tw- thousands and thousands and thousands of dreams already. Yeah. Mm. I know it's not going to get that bad, right? Yeah, I remember I had a boring dream once where I was uh, sitting in McDonald's. That's the whole that dream. Was a dream. <laughs> that is <laughs> awful. And I, and I woke up, but yeah, and I'm like, wow, that's... You're like, what is this what was dream? That? Yeah, what is, it doesn't mean anything. I was I just sitting there. Like, <laughs> like, there's there's no deep levels to it. There's no, no inception levels. That's boring. Yeah, I couldn't go to another level. It was just, I'm stuck at McDonald's. <laughs> I'm just sitting at McDonald's. Yeah, I'm stuck at McDonald's. For a while? I think I was waiting, yeah, I think I was waiting on a fish fillet. <laughs> oh, man, that's, that's bad. Yeah. That's when you're glad you don't taste in your dreams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What are you talking, dude? Fish fillet. Did you know you can get a double decker fish fillet right now? Did you know that there's a double decker fish fillet? A double decker, if you, it's you know off the menu type shit. Oh, but you can get it. You can get double decker fish fillet. Didn't now, do they have they have extra tartar sauce on? That, that was my first question too, Todd. Oddly enough, that's so weird. Wow, yeah, exactly. Well, I think twice. Uh, a little answer? more, a little more cheese. I had a little more cheese on. A little it. more cheese on. A little more cheese. You figure the McDonald's at this point in in the creation of their food, they could genetically create a fish that has tartar sauce in it already. Yeah. <laughs> like lathered they, in tartar sauce. They're working on it. <laughs> Man. Tartar fish. Yeah. That's, tartar sauce. Yes. A long time ago on a podcast, we were doing like a list of like failed McDonald's products and um, found out that the fish that McDonald's uses for... You, Tune out right now if you don't want to hear it. But the, it's like this horrible bottom feeder mm-hmm. fish. Like if someone has a fish tank, they always have that asshole dick fish. You're not sure whether it's dick a fish, fish or not. That like yeah. sits and it, it eats all the other fish's poo out of the bottom. Yeah. That's the filet of fish fish. Yeah. So I'm sorry to filet of fish lovers everywhere. I, oof, hey, man. I'm going to go have one. when you fuck a stranger in the ass. Kim Jong-il's double can't find love. Oh. Oh. Uh, a lonely heart can't get a date because he looks like late dictator Kim Jong-il. I'm <laughs> so wrong. Sky, <laughs> Sky William Chung says, uh, ladies simply see him as the North Korean tyrant, even though he's a West London plumber. He's trying to be a normal guy. West London plumber? That would be yep. pretty funny if you called a plumber and he looked like Kim Jong-il. Yeah. Oh, my God. That would be hilarious. That'd yeah, be a good time. I mean, this guy can't get laid as Kim Jong-il? That's pretty sad. Right? Well, what, yeah, what else yeah. is in the story there? Um, He says, I'm single. I have no children. I would love to meet someone, but looking like Kim Jong-il doesn't help. He's a British-born bachelor. Known to his pals as KT. Seems like a cool guy. Single uh, right among He's even the same height as him. Five foot four. He hoped that the that Kim Jong Il's death at sixty nine from a heart attack in December would boost his love prospects, but uh, the communist brood is still fresh in people's minds. A friend of William said he hoped when Jong Il died he would get a bit more luck, but it's the same do, old thing. Does he wear the shades? Because <laughs> it, it seems like if you changed up your appearance enough that oh, people yeah. wouldn't just no. make that assumption that oh my god he look like him. You know when it comes to dictators, uh, the the sunglasses really make the man. 
Because all great dictators have great eyewear. Uh-huh. Like you look at Al Davis, the owner of the Raiders. Oh, yeah. He Stud was a late owner. Yeah. yeah. God bless. God bless. Rock, rock, scissors. Okay. Um, he had some great like glasses that like were the traditional, the Al Davis look. He wore them his whole life. He wore these like silver and, you know, sunglasses that yep. were with the, the, the metal chain on them that went down around yeah. the neck. Yeah. They were his. Yeah. That's Al Davis. That's Al Davis. Nobody else can do that. If you look at like Muammar Gaddafi, he was always wearing some elaborate shades. The shades, yeah. Right. Uh, it was uh, Saddam Hussein and lots of the guys in the Middle East all love blue blockers. Yeah. Like those guys always have those. And... um I don't know. It's just this thing. And Kim Jong-il had these great black rim glasses. Mm, uh-huh. So I guess the thing is, you know, I think that maybe you could ascend to be tyrant level wherever you are just based on eyewear. Yeah. <laughs> you can get some good eyewear and run a country. Hey, you never seen an American uh, president wearing shades. No. You really don't. I just know that. Yeah. And that's why we're on the bottom. A what? It's a... I was just trying to make a joke. Like, we're on the top. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was like, what? So, what? sunglasses, maybe they don't matter yeah. as much. What happened this morning I didn't hear about? <laughs> Call me Casey. Check out the news. It's yeah. I'm a communist and I Call love abortion and I love talking about death. Uh, <laughs> well, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, that's true. I don't recall any American president. The funny thing is, okay, there's never been a, as, as a bald American, there's never been a bald elected president. Think about it. Like really, G- Gerald Ford mm. was bald, but he was the Speaker of the House that assumed the vice presidency after Nixon, or because a sp- I think it was a Spiro Agnew left because of controversy. Gerald Ford, the Speaker of the House, became vice president, and then Nixon resigned, and so we got a bald president. But he was like the third guy in line. Oh, didn't, didn't wow. FDR kind of have a comb over? Uh, he was balding. He was, but that's because he was president for so long. Then uh-huh. eventually, because the, <laughs> right. look, the look declines. Oh, you're saying never elected never bald. Never elected bald. Mm. No. I mean, he died. I mean, he was president for 16 that's, years. That's kind of, yeah. Wow. And if you see how the presidency takes a toll, like, they always show, like, the pictures of, like, Bush. Yep. And then Bush, uh, George W. Bush. And then when he left office, he was, like, way grayer. Like, Clinton right. was way grayer. Obama is starting to, like, cut the hair even shorter. He's getting farther away from the short natural and getting like the close shave because yep. he's all gray. Yep. You know, he's going to start looking like Morgan Freeman soon. Well, that'll, but, uh, that'll, no, I can't wait for that. I would yeah. love to have a president that'd looks be like awesome. Morgan Freeman. Yeah, exactly. I hope he talks like him too. Yeah. You no. Have, you have a Morgan Freeman impression? Come on, do it. Come on. You have a Morgan Freeman impression. No, I don't have a Morgan Freeman or a Barack Obama. With Barack Obama, the only thing I could, I, tr- I used to try in my car to do a Barack Obama. <laughs> yeah. And all, all I could get was the, thank you. <laughs> some, that just sounds like a guy yelling. Some Thank people, you. some people sing to songs on the radio. Todd does his impersonations on the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sad and so narcissistic. I, I do that stuff too, where I'm just like, I'm gonna try to figure this out while I'm driving. Todd yeah, drives I ain't by doing anything else but driving. Yeah, Todd uh-huh. drives by a bus stop. People are like, "Was that Obama? <laughs> oh shit!" In the Lincoln Continental. Oh shit! Was that him? <laughs> the Raiders bumper sticker. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the only thing like Obama always when he starts off his speech, he's like. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. And that's all. I, that, yeah, that's all, I that doesn't wish. sound like him at all. Like I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't have said Barack Obama. That's was, the one sad thing about the Obama presidency is nobody has really like stepped out and done a bet. Like lots of people did great it. Bushes. People did great Clintons. Mm-hmm. People did great like you know George W. Bush. People yeah. did great Reagans. Yeah. Nobody has mastered the Obama, He's which is. It. Which is which is upsetting. I want somebody to like be doing a kick ass like Fred Armisen on Saturday Night Live. Like that's still not a good impersonation. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe, someone out there is doing it 
perfect. We just don't know about it. If the the the, the downside of Barack Obama's reelected is the fact that you're going to have to deal with a the fact that people are afraid of making jokes on late night TV about the first black president. People yeah. lay off yeah, of it. That's true. That and you're not going to get any good solid like impersonations. See, whereas if Ron Paul got elected. There'd be some good Ron Paul impressions out there. Yeah, and I'm I'm sorry. The Saturday Night Live guy's white, right? It's a white guy. Fred Armisen is he's biracial, I believe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want. Let's not talk about his sexuality. Okay. All right. I don't. I don't know anything about his sexuality. (laughs) Biracial. Oh, I get the joke now. Biracial. Todd was confused. No, that's bisexual. Todd. Mm. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. All right. uh, Real quick, I'm I'm gonna be a total nerd. Real quick, right before we end the show. Okay. There's a guy named Gore Vidal, who is a like a, he's he's like a hardcore like a leftist kind of guy, and like he co-wrote he wrote Ben Hur, and he's he's been a prominent kind of left wing commentator and pro gay rights and stuff, and he he's like the one of the most um he, he's he's a relation of Al Gore or whatever, and he's a really interesting cat, and he's old now, and he's the kind of guy that used to like battle with William F. Buckley, who was the hardcore conservative during those days, and. Gore Vidal is like this really, really hardcore pompous guy. And he's like 80 now and he's in a wheelchair. I've heard the name, yeah. yeah. And Gore Vidal was being interviewed one day and they asked Gore Vidal, and he's also like a prominent atheist, and they asked Gore Vidal, they go, are you an atheist? You know? And, and he's, he's old now, so he's kind of out of it. And they go, are you an atheist? And he goes... I'm a bisexual. <laughs> <laughs> no way. So it's like the greatest response ever to the question, are that you an atheist? That is hilarious. I'm a bisexual. No. And, I, and like, I lost my shit. Wow. I laughed my ass That's off. so funny. Yeah. Like, oh, man. That would be the greatest old grandpa you could ever have. That's so it? funny. Not only did I not answer your question, but I just... I'm bisexual. Like, what? <laughs> and he wrote Ben-Hur, so there's like scenes where Charlton Heston is looking at his rival in Ben-Hur, and there's like this weird gay love affair, mm. like unspoken uh, oh, current right. beneath the movie Ben-Hur about like a weird gay relationship, because Gore Vidal wrote it. He made Ben-Hur a little... That's a little. so funny. Did, did he write Top Gun too? No. Hey, Top Gun? Kind no. of the same gay undertones, no? Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. I never, I never saw that did. between Maverick and Goose. Oh, you never saw the gay undertones at Top Gun? No. Oh, please. I just never saw Top Gun. Watch it again. <laughs> it is one of the gayest movies ever. Well, the guy's named Goose, right? And usually, <laughs> if you goose somebody, goose. you grab you got, the genitals. You got my back, Goose. Yeah, I think it was one of the lines. Yes, mm. you got my. Yeah, I think you're reading into it. And uh, they're playing volleyball together and stuff like that. It's pretty, yeah, it's straight cool. dudes don't play volleyball. Oh no. fuck! I was just gonna say, like, I play some volleyball. No. Nope. Yeah. Okay. Beach volleyball. Okay. You play with your shirt on or off, Casey? No clothes. None whatsoever. <laughs> Completely naked. On the way here, did you take the highway to the danger zone? <laughs> I did. All right. That's a little gay. Yeah, I, I get what you're going. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'd like to thank everybody for listening to the Far Out Podcast today. My name is Todd Perry. Buck Perez, thank you. Hey, thank you. Casey, thank you for showing up. Thanks. Yep. I showed up. <laughs> thanks for showing up. Yeah. I think that's all I need to do. 80%? Well, I mean, you bring the funny. So say, hey, thanks for showing up. Oh, yeah. Hey, thanks, man. As Woody Allen said, 80% of life is showing up. Uh, and once again, hashtag standing up, or stand up for Buck. Stand up for Buck. Hashtag doing the Buck. Doing the Buck. Yeah. That's right. Thank you.